Welcome to the Parent Podcast, where each week we'll discuss topics relevant to parents. Whether you are expecting the arrival of your first child or have kids preparing to graduate from college, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll bring on different guests who will provide their expertise and perspective in an effort to remind you that you are not alone in this journey and encourage you as you raise and lead your family. Welcome, everybody, to the Parent Podcast. I am glad you are back. My name is Robert Nash. I'm the children's pastor here at Autumn Ridge Church. Joined with my right-hand man, Derek Freed, student pastor. Derek, are you feeling better today from from last week? You were a bit sore last week. No, you're no. still a jerk. Well, uh, I no, can't change you are I helping am. me, and I appreciate it, but my body is sore. Your muscles do not. I do, they don't like me. Okay, well, you're here. But I'm here. In time, you will be like... And Pretty soon I'll be on lifting cars so, over your head. You know, it will be amazing. Yeah. And you know, that's a great segue, I feel like, talking about working out and you know, muscles and all that, because today we're going to talk about balancing youth sports with our faith. And to talk about that, we have our, well, pretty brand new executive pastor, Caleb, not Kalob, Smith. Caleb, Hello. thanks for being on the show with us today. What up? What up? Caleb. Now, you told us just a moment ago, for, this I is not to, your first rodeo. I just want to address for a second. Please. Collab. That for some people, yes. the first time they ever heard our new executive pastor's voice was right now, mm. and his word was, Ayo. <laughs> I feel like that's an appropriate representation of who he is. <laughs> I love He's it. just being real I with the it. people. Caleb, oh. uh, what we always do starting off is we let our guests give a little bit of their background, you know, uh, why are you here to talk about this? Tell us a little bit about your your ministry and uh, your family and your experience in this. Absolutely. So the big thing is that uh, uh, the big part of being an executive pastor is making sure that whatever you do for staff fun days, you you play sports together, but you only play sports that the executive pastor can win. How many uh, pickleball games have you won now, Caleb? That's not important. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not why. Anyway, hey everybody, uh, Caleb Smith. Yeah, I'm a executive pastor. Technically, I'm I'm in charge of strategy and culture here at Autumn Ridge Church, and uh, we got another executive pastor who's going to be coming on in the next couple months. His name's Otis Hall, and uh, we're excited to get Otis in. But uh, um, so my background, so let's see, I've been married for almost twenty years to Tisha, and we've got two boys: Jackson, fourteen in eighth grade; he'll be a freshman next year. Tucker, uh, sixth grade; he's turning twelve next week. He'll wow. be in seventh grade next year. Awesome. Um, did 13 years of student ministry, everything from children's to middle school, high school, college, and then uh, uh, moved into more executive leadership within the church and strategically leading in certain areas. But sports for me, man, that goes back. You know, I, I think I was all of like four years old when I was on my first baseball team and then playing lots of sports growing up, got into soccer when I was about seven and we played a lot of different sports in my house. It was like we could play in a sport every single season and keep going with it. Um, sometime around, I would say it was like freshman, sophomore in high school, I decided that's the time I'm like going all in on soccer. So I started doing soccer year round. That was it. Um, and that carried me into college. Um, Tisha also, so we got a bit of sports on both sides. Uh, Tisha grew up only swimming. She was a competitive year round swimmer. Uh, starting at seven years old, all the way into high school for her. I mean, like some intense training. I'm not even going to begin to describe all that she did because I get tired 
thinking about it. Um, but uh, but she even came from from some athleticism in her family. Her dad played basketball at Oklahoma State when he was uh, when he was there in college. So uh, they won like back then. It was like the Big Eight or Big Nine. <laughs> What wow. are they? It wasn't the Big Twelve, no. but whatever it was, they they won the conference championship well, like his amazing. sophomore year or something. So pretty awesome. cool. Well, well, we appreciate you sharing, and really the the focus of the topic today. Um, there's a trend uh, with churches now where a lot of families are are having to decide on the weekends. Well, are we going to go to church? Or are we going to go to this practice slash game slash tournament, whatever the case may be? And I think though it 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 goes beyond just Sundays. I think sure. a lot of families are deciding, does my kid do sports? Uh, and do I choose that over, does my kid get involved in like a midweek program or life groups or things like that? And how do you do that? So I, I think it goes beyond just Sunday mornings to really kind of that bigger question of, again, how do I balance my kids being in sports? Because uh, I think we would all agree those are important. How does I balance that with also helping them be involved uh, on the the spiritual side of things? Absolutely, absolutely. So, I, you know, one of the immediate things is that uh, is that it, it it is a balance. Like you've got to think about it as a rhythm. I, I I really don't buy in hook, line, and sinker to like it's either one way or the other way when it comes to sports slash church slash faith. Um, you know, there are there are great athletes in professional sports who are starting for their teams. I mean, you can go through any league and there's believers who are doing that and they've had to figure out how to balance that in their own lives. And they've been, they've been very successful in being able to figure out that rhythm and how the Lord's engaging with their life. So, you know, it's not an either or conversation. It's a conversation of, well, what's going to be the best for your family in this season for this time? I do think one of the things to remember is that, especially as we, as we think about the family unit, you know, our priority would be that as parents are believers, that they are the primary disciplers of their children. So it's not the church's responsibility to provide all of the spiritual growth elements for their child, that they're doing that. Um, now, for any of you who may be listening, who you're like, I don't really know, I'm still checking out this Jesus thing. Like, that's a different, there's a different approach to that topic. Um, and my approach in those moments would be to say, uh, I do think that there's a healthy practice of sports are not the end-all be-all of what's going on. Um, and doing a ton of sports, like just being busy with it, that's not healthy either because we have to show our kids how to have a good balance in life of got a sports practice. I mean, I was, so I was, I was coaching uh, Jackson when he was like four or five years old. He was on his first rec soccer team and I was coaching that team and I had kind of thought about it. Tish and I had thought about it and decided, you know what we think let's just do soccer for this one fall season, see how it goes. And then we'll probably won't do any other sports the rest of the year. I remember a parent coming to me about second week of practice and saying, hey, could we actually shorten practice or move it earlier? Because right after this practice, we have to take our son, our four or five-year-old, to baseball practice immediately afterwards. And it just hit me in that moment. Tish and I like set a new standard for our family of saying, okay, we are committed <laughs> for this season up, up through elementary school probably. It's one sport per season. And I think we practiced up until the boys were like eight and nine years old, respectively. We only did, they could do one sport like per season in that year. So they had to 
it was like, do you want to play soccer in the fall or do you want to play soccer in the spring? Because we just didn't want to be running them around every single season of a sport for every single thing. They they needed to have the rhythm and the balance of I'm at home sometimes and I can just go out and play in the yard sometimes. And during this season for these seven weeks, I've got to go to practice on this night of the week. So, um, you know, again, those are just descriptions of, of how to kind of get into that balance and that rhythm. So. Yeah. And you've had to figure that out because I've met your boys. Yeah. And they love sports. Oh my gosh. Obsessed. I think, I think so I met them <laughs> like twice and I'm fairly certain that most of our conversation revolved around the teams they like, the sports they play, yeah. that sort of stuff. And, and so this either, isn't like, you're not just talking about some theoretical thing. You're talking no. about something that you've had to figure out because your boys love sports. A hundred percent. And Tish and I were both coming from the perspective of having in our lives, both of us individually having in our lives, being in one sport all year and tisha had it so much more intensely than i did i mean it was there was no break every single day for eight nine years every single day she was in the pool by 4 30 a.m every single day i mean that that is a different level of commitment to a sport i I will absolutely credit her parents on they still found the balance in that of saying we're still going to go to church so they still would make sure that that rhythm was built in but but man i've 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 never known anybody else that closely who's been so involved, and so we did. We can we absolutely had to kind of figure it out as we as we stepped into it. I've either been a really good really good dad in that I allow my kids to have their freedom and choose. Like my boys do not like any of the sports teams that I like, and sometimes <laughs> they like the rival of who I like. So it's either that. It's either that I'm really good because I've given them the freedom or it's their way of rebelling against me and all of my likes just to like stick it to me in moments. And I can't, I haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> my dad was an avid cowboy fan. So just to kind of uh, poke the bear there, I went for the 49ers back when that was a big rivalry. See, there you go. Yeah, there you exactly. Go. So it's just, mm-hmm. just one of those things we do, I think. Um so for me, you know, I have two kids, but neither one are involved in sports right now. Uh, I'm thinking my youngest, Hannah, who's in second grade, she's probably going to be the one that wants to do every single thing there is uh, on earth. Um, and you're talking about creating a balance. And I think that's important because it's been my experience in ministry, right? That That is the problem. Hey, pastor, we won't be here for the next nine to 12 weeks, maybe longer if we make it you know, past the regular season because we have wrestling. Okay, so we'll see you after that. Well, after that, baseball starts. And then after that, and it just goes on and on. And so you see these families you know, scattered throughout the year. Um, and in talks I've had with other people, I get kind of accused of, well, you're only concerned because you know, numbers, right? That's the big, game, big word we use in church, right? It's all about the numbers. And it, it wasn't even about the numbers. It was a concern for these young children that they would see through their parents this is what we value more, sports, than your spiritual growth, your walk as a disciple. So so can you talk into that a little bit? Because I mean, yeah, none of us are going to sit in here and say numbers don't matter at all. That is a measurement that we use. It's important. But I mean, how do you handle that, that what they value and what they see you value? Yeah. Um, we, we, ha- we absolutely have to be mindful of the things that we unintentionally and even in a way maybe subconsciously communicate to to our kids uh, when it comes to any extracurricular activity. So if we're constantly running them from one thing to the other, or the season gets done and the next season starts right away, and then that's, and we just keep going one after another, after another, we are unintentionally communicating to them that if they don't have a life of just running around, then they actually aren't fulfilling their life's purpose in a way. Um, 
which again, we talk about balance. Like what's one of the biggest lessons in scripture is resting, (laughs) sitting and taking a rest. There can be lots of approaches to what a Sabbath rest means. I think Um, it's, I, I, I would not necessarily hold that to just a, a specific day of the week, um, but that you've got to figure out your rhythm in your life of when is my Sabbath, but we need to build that into our kids as well. How do you take a breath? How do you just sit back and just relax and just be? Um, Kids already have a hard time doing that. And then we make it worse on them as adults because we just force more and more things into their lives. Um, At the same time, uh, allowing them to have some variety is also good. Uh, so as much as my boys are in sports, we started talking a little bit about extra activities. Like they want to be involved in other things, but, um, but we figured out how to balance those things with like, we have, uh, uh, instruments of cello and piano that happen in our house. Uh, my oldest loves doing, uh, loves helping volunteer in children's ministry in church. And so there's other areas that they want to get involved in. I don't have a, I don't have a personal problem with anybody who's like, Hey, we're in this sport for this season. We're not going to be there for this time period. I'm like, great. But if that is the way in which you drive after every single season and you never take a break from it, that's when it becomes this like the potential of a bad habit that starts to get built within the family unit. What would you say, or maybe like as a as a parent, if I'm trying to think, uh, how do I prevent that? What are kind of things that maybe you've seen or heard or you've talked with parents as potential like warning signs of things are starting to get out of balance or things are starting to get out of whack that they can maybe look at and go, okay, are these happening in my child's life? Are these happening in our family's life? Uh, Yeah. So some immediate warning signs, like if your kid is like exhausted all the time, if they're sleeping in the car as they go from one thing to another, (laughs) uh, they're like, you're, you're running them ragged. And, and to be honest, I, I absolutely put that on our responsibility as parents is to not run them ragged. The kid's going to say yes to about everything. Like if they're even slightly interested in it and you tell them about something that you're thinking that they could get involved with nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, yeah, I'd love to do that. But it's like, that's the role of the parent. The, the, the child cannot make all of those decisions for themselves. So we've got to lead them in that and give them those signs. So I've, I've heard a lot of parents who have said, yeah, my kid slept in, in the car from as we went from this practice to the practice, or we had two games tonight. We went from this game to this game. And I'm like, so basically you're telling me they're exhausted. And then you're, you're, you're kind of making them continue to perform with no energy inside of them. And then parents wonder why their kids start to like, they're so exhausted, Right. It's not the kid's fault that they won't go to bed at nighttime sometimes because they're so tired. They don't even know that they're tired. I think we've all seen that for those of us who, who, have, who remember toddlers in our house. Hmm. I mean, when my boys were toddlers, there'd be times like literally we would find them in the middle of the floor in the living room, like, like butt up in the air on their knees, face on the floor, just dead asleep. And it's because of whatever was going on at that time, they're just exhausted and they're just going to pass out wherever it's at. They don't even know they're that tired. Sometimes we can, well, not sometimes. I mean, we as parents, we we push that on them definitely too hard. Um, I absolutely would suggest uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, a lot of coaches, a lot of great college coaches, professional coaches, even, even uh, uh, former athletes who say, who say, don't put your kid in one sport only and make them just do that year in and year out all the time. Uh, give them variety. Let them do a lot of things. Don't pigeonhole them into one thing. Um, uh, also, don't just run all around all the time. I mean, the things that Tish and I started to practice, I 
we kind of fell into it, honestly, where we didn't even know. But like all the sports psychology out there says, slow down. Don't, you know, our, our kind of our hang up as, as adults is sometimes with our kids, we can, we can unintentionally start to try to live through our kids activities. Um, and, uh, and, and I, man, I know that's happened for me. My, the hardest thing for me is when my boys were playing soccer, they see, this is another thing. Am I, am I a good father because I let them choose what sport they wanted to play or am I a bad father? And they decided to hate soccer because I love it. <laughs> right. I don't know which way that goes. Um, but when I'm we're, on the, we're going to give you good father. Well, I appreciate that. Um, it's going to show up on your evaluation. <laughs> I like it. Um, th- when I'm on the sideline on a soccer field while they were playing, it was so hard for me to not like live through them in the moment and to start like yelling instructions at them and telling them what to do. But I, like some of the practices that, that I took in was, I'm not going to be the coach on those. I'm not going to be the parent coach on the sideline. Their coach is the coach. I'm going to let them do their thing and let them engage with them. Um, but I tried to live through my kids as well or started to think, man, if they really, if they got into soccer and they did really well, uh, they could do this, this, and this with it. And then I would finally feel really good as a soccer player myself because I know that my kids got to do really well. If that's the end goal of this, then they can't take that with them. Right. <laughs> that's that's going to end at some point. So yeah. I think that's a common instinct for a lot of parents, though. I mean, you go to any sporting event, right? You can pick out real quick the parents in the crowd who are not just enthusiastic about their kid and supporting their kid, but are like living through their child in this mm. moment, right? They're the ones that are kind of sometimes calling their kid to the sideline and be like, here's what you need to do. Go in there and go get that done. And, uh, you know, it's it's natural. You just need to be aware of it and and know that your kid's their own individual. Like you said, give them freedom to make their choices and play and enjoy and grow from the experience, definitely. It is, because especially if we're, if we're, if we're really trying to lean in as good parents, and, and for those of us who are believers, if we're trying to lean in in discipling our kids, then w- really our main job outside of the sports field or outside of the whatever activity they're in. I mean, you could take this to to dance, to, to orchestra, to band, whatever it is. Our job actually is not to help th- to help train them on how to be the best in that area. There's people that we're who are volunteering or we're paying in some ways to help make them better in that area. Our job is to help them see, Hey, how does, how does being a disciple of Jesus fit in with the activity you're in? How is it that you can actually grow as a disciple while you're involved in this activity? Um, so I, we rarely talk about wins and losses with my boys, even after it's been a, like a really hard defeat. Like I, I hate watching my kids lose like a close game. (laughs) <laughs> like, like I'm seeing everything and I want to give all of the instructions about what's happening and, and, uh, and help them not lose next time. But when it comes down to it, that's not the conversation they need. The conversation that they need with me is, Hey, how did you feel when the other team was doing this as you guys were losing? And how do you think you would react in that moment? Or how did you feel when, when this guy came up to you and, and told you good game after a hard loss? Like, how was that? And what do you think? Can you think of a situation where you might be able to do that for somebody else to encourage them? So we try to have much more of those conversations. So for a lot of kids and and maybe sometimes even their parents, there's this thought that begins to to form in their mind where if I'm really good at this sport, maybe I can go to the next level, which whether that's college or pro, but you know, they, they think that the sport, if they achieve, if they excel, then that will take care of them for life. And I'm not talking about like when we're little kids right in the backyard and I'm 
pretending I'm Steve Young passing to Jerry Rice and it's really just my German Shepherd. But in two of the places I've lived, uh, some poor communities, that was their way out, right? And so they gave their heart, their focus, their commitment, as did their parents often, to being the absolute best. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the best at something you do. That's important. But I mean, when we're talking about values a while ago, if that's what we're saying, yeah, this is the most important thing in your life. And if this doesn't work out, I don't know what to tell you. It's placing an action, something that you're doing as the high priority instead of the value of a life. An exercise that we're, that we're going through uh, here at Autumn Ridge with our staff is is what would we want people, what would we want these certain people to say about us after we passed? What would we want them to talk about? And if they only talk about the things that we do or did, then we may not have expressed the values through those actions in the way that we had hoped to. I mean, right now there's like, it's kind of crazy to me, but it's a controversy, quote unquote, about Trevor Lawrence, a potential number one draft pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up in a couple of weeks. Or in the past at this point, but go ahead. Yeah, you're good. Right. It hasn't (laughs) happened yet because this podcast is uh, recorded early. That's right. So, uh, but Trevor Lawrence going as a number one draft pick and he says, hey, look, I love football. I love competing, but I'm not going to, to win at all costs. And people are like, what? Why would you say that? Why would we want that guy on our team if he's not going to go after winning at all costs? What kind of a champions type mindset is that that he didn't want to do that? Look, that could that is like one of the most healthiest statements ever that I've heard from a potential draft pick of like it's not all about winning. It's not all about the trophies. It's about what am I giving to life? What am I giving to the community? How am I pouring into the people that I'm involved with? You can't argue that Trevor Lawrence wins. <laughs> I mean, they won, they won what? Two national championships at Clemson with him as quarterback. So it's not like the dude hates winning or that he's trying to work against the system. But his top value is not winning at all costs. That, to me, that is the example that we want to put in front of our kids. There was a, there's a, another YouTube clip that you can probably look up of, uh, of Nick Foles. Nick Foles uh, was, uh, led the uh, Philadelphia Eagles to the, to the Super Bowl. He came in. He was a backup quarterback. They win the Super Bowl. He goes off and gets, gets basically his payday with the Jacksonville Jaguars. His first game of the season breaks his collarbone. He's out for the next year. The second year, he finally comes back in in like week three or four. He gets put back in. And the press conference afterwards, they were all the questions about, about, hey, how did this feel and what did you go through? And he literally takes the opportunity and presents the gospel from the press conference room. I mean, he goes into this whole thing and it was absolutely beautiful. I've got those type of clips saved <laughs> and and showing my boys on a consistent basis because that's the highest value. So if you're really good at something, go after it. Go after it. It's like for me, like I, I love strategy. I love vision. I love creating culture. I love pastoring a church staff. And to be honest, I kind of think I'm good at it. So I ran after it. Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to do it. So I went and I got trained. It's, I'm doing the same thing, just in a different format, in a different way. You know, there's absolutely people who could say, could say like, well, he's just, he's, he wasted his time. He spent so much time going after that. But man, when you're, when you know you're called to do something and you got the skill, run after it, just be mindful of your rhythm in life. Be mindful of your balance. Be mindful of what you can and can't do with that. There's people who step into stuff. My, my own my own mom thought about being a, a, a 
a piano performance major in college. And she literally decided that that was probably not for her. There were a couple of reasons, but one of them was she was like, I have a higher value of having a family and to be able to be, to be able to make a living off of, off of being a, p, a piano performer, uh, that's, that's going to be tough. So she was like, that's not what I'm called to. Mm-hmm. So for her, there was a higher value. So we, we need to go through those exercises of recognizing where are higher values, where do they match up with the skills that God has given us and where, where don't they? And how do we need to follow in our discipleship in that? You said, you said to me before, I guess I should put this, um, you're like a closet psychologist. Oh, I'm a closet, a lot of things. Psychologist, <laughs> sociologist. Well, you know, we're talking about how, how busy uh, life is for parents and for the kids, you know, sports and extracurricular, all that stuff. Something I'm very interested to see as we begin crawling out of uh, the pandemic that we've been in for over a year now. Uh, you talk to a lot of people and they're like, I realized how busy we were. And then when all of a sudden we just had to stop. I realized I kind of enjoyed just spending quiet time with my family. Um, so I'm going to be very interested how we come out of this if people are just going to automatically go right back into the old ways of doing things and you know overcommit on the calendar again or, or find that balance that you're talking about. So that will be interesting to see. Yeah, it will be. I, I honestly, like I've got a little bit of a fear that we're just going it, to, it's kind of like the bad habits type thing, right? And especially, especially for anybody who's like, if anybody's ever been addicted to anything, like you understand this more than most, the tendency and the, and the temptation to go back into what we did before, just because it's familiar becomes so strong. And this is a prime opportunity for us to not allow that to happen. If you needed a change in your family rhythm and you've enjoyed the the difference that it's made, carry that forward. It's not that you stay self-isolated and, and self-quarantined to keep that rhythm going, but you hang on to that value of that balance and really try to engage with it well. We've talked a lot about and what could sound in some ways negative. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do this, it's bad. If you do this, it's bad. I want to talk a little bit how a parent can come alongside their student who is involved in sports and maybe they're really, really good at it. I mean, we've got some kids in our youth group that, man, they are good at their sports. And, and you talked about that a second ago, like it's okay to run after something you're really good at. So how as a parent, can I have a conversation? Can I talk with my student about how they can synergize uh, their faith with this sport and living out what they believe in the midst of this sport. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people think that they are two separate things and that I live out my faith in one thing, but then I go and I play sports and it's totally separate. Mm. And I think that's a terrible thought process to begin <laughs> with. Um but I think you can really synergize. And you've talked a little bit about that yeah. with some of the examples, but you can synergize what you believe with that sport. So how would you give some advice or how would you talk to a parent or what would you say, here's ways that you can help your student to integrate what they believe into that sport and live it out in the midst of what they're doing? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question and a great point That's to, uh, to, to, to really focus on when you're good at something, it's okay to run after what you're good at and to put more time and energy into it. Um, uh, I, I think, I think one of the, one of the biggest things that parents can do is, is to focus on, uh, with, with their own child, focus on how they did and what they learned in that, in that activity. So if we stick with sports they have a, they have a game, 
and the game, the team may lose, but how do you engage with your student? Is it, or how do you engage with your child? Is it, is it just to talk to them about everything they did wrong and they could have done better? Or is it to, to ask them and say, Hey, how did you, how did you think you did in each of these areas? Is there anything that you think you could do better for next time? How do you think you could help your team? I, I think it's, it's completely appropriate for parents to be like sad when their t- kids team loses, like yeah, be absolutely. sad with them. The yeah. kids got to have feelings. If we don't teach them how, if, if we can't be with them in the moments of them being sad about losing, then we're, we're honestly, we're not teaching them good emotional health either. <laughs> um, but also teach them how to be happy when they win appropriately. It's not rubbing it in the other team's face, but like go out and celebrate, have a good time as a family together. If you've won a big game and you're really excited about something. There, there's emotion in sport, right? And so in the midst of a game, you may make a great play and you're going to want to celebrate like in that moment. And I think that there's conversations to be had, you know, as far as how they celebrated, did they taunt the other player right. or was it just, I'm excited about what just happened. So I'm celebrating with me, maybe my teammates, yep. or did I flaunt it in someone's face? And did I taunt someone and having those conversations of like, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, part of what you believe is that you, you want to extend love and grace and stuff to others. And so that extends to the sports field and that extends to the court and all that kind of stuff that yep. when, when you celebrate, it's not about making that person feel bad about themselves and, you know, but, but it's okay to celebrate, right? It's okay to be excited when you make a good play yep. uh, type of a thing. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's part of it too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really like all the studies that say that our brains actually don't finish developing fully until we're in our mid twenties. Like for women, it's, it's a little earlier, like before 25, but for men, it's after, it's more like 26. So our kids literally do not have fully formed brains yet. (laughs) So they also don't have fully formed emotions or at least understandings of how to handle those emotions. So the more that we are in it with them in those ways that we can show them how to appropriately express those emotions is a super healthy thing. Um, Even to the point, like parents, I would encourage you and challenge you don't coach your child. Just be on the sideline. Be an encourager. Be a supporter. Don't yell at the referees. (laughs) Don't yell out at the referees. Be there to encourage. Be a supporter. One of our our, our roles, I think, as parents is is to create relationships with the other parents, not only on our team, but the other parents that may be from the other team. Like, Be a demonstration of what grace-filled, joyous parenting can look like. In preparing for this and to kind of bring this conversation back, you know, around, um, I found an article online written by Chris Rayleigh, and he said, most churches, when addressing the, uh, the families going out for sports and not being around, they have two options. And option one is, unfortunately, the most popular, and that is to say something, preach something right from the stage that guilts parents for, for what they're doing outside of the church, Right. And that will bring them back in. I'm sure they'll just love to come back after they've been, you know, guilt tripped. Or he says the second option, we the church, we the pastors, the ministers, we help these parents have the right tools, give them the resources, equip them so that when they are beyond the walls of the church building, they can do the work of the church, whether they're at a practice or, you know, at some high school, you know, type of competition, they can be the church actively, which... I'm pretty positive is the goal for all of us here, right? That we want people to leave here and make a difference to those around them. Yeah, absolutely. There is nothing inherently magical 
about a certain hour on Sunday mornings. That's just the truth of every church has their own times when they're going to have their own worship service. So, <laughs> so it's either that none of us have figured it out or that Sunday mornings is like the special thing. But even here at Autumn Ridge, we have a 5.30 Saturday night service. It's figuring out how, how just to bring the two together in a healthy way. I've got a friend who who was a NFL quarterback. He was a, a, a first round draft pick, started for a first couple of years, then went into uh, just ba- basically like a career backup roles for like the next six. But as he did that, I mean, that's a, it's a different lifestyle. It's a different way of doing it. He couldn't go to church on Sunday morning like anybody else could, but he had a rhythm and a way of connecting in the faith and being a part of a community of believers uh, that still encouraged him. And it still happened. I mean, that's why a lot of teams, they have that through their teams, whether it's college or professional. You've got team chaplains. You've got ways for those things to happen. So what we're just highlighting is it's making sure that we're intentionally combining the two. There is nothing guilty about missing a weekend worship service or or, or experience at your church. No guilt in that at all. I mean, I'm, I'll be on vacation and I will. we will intentionally just be together as a family and not go to church just to be able to have a Sunday morning where we're just breathing and being together. It's kind of the same idea, right? And so for me, it's more of that long-term question. It's saying, are you in a pattern where you will never engage with a community of believers because of your schedule? If you're in that pattern, something probably needs to change. But if you've got a pattern where you're not in it for a season, but you still have strong connections, and then when that season is done, that you're back in a regular connection. There's nothing wrong with that. It's all about how you're managing that balance. So we're kind of running out of time here, unfortunately. And I feel like another topic that we could just go on forever and ever about, but you are a very important person. We're aware of that. <laughs> and we also have the bigger boss coming in right after you. So that's kind of a big part of it. But but Derek, I'm going to be real generous this week. No, 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 no. Not generous. I'm taking it back. No. I'm well, taking it I, back. Well, now I want to keep it. Well, now, too late. I'm taking it back. So we're going to- we're gonna I'm not here for a cat fight. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna come back. This is this is Derek's recap of the, of the podcast. Derek's On recap. And uh, yeah, is there like a musical thing that some, happens uh, in this moment? I don't. I'm I keep hoping, saying I'm gonna make one. I'm hoping one comes at some point. That'd be fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, just to just to kind of recap for parents, just some of the points and highlights of things we've talked about. I think the big one we talked about is balance and rhythm, creating balance in your student's life, so it's not all-consuming sports and creating rhythms of times when they're in sports and maybe out of sports or they're doing one sport and maybe another sport and then building in times of rest that there's moments where their child uh, can rest and relax and recuperate and re-energize. Looking for warning signs uh, in your student child, being overly tired. If they're always on the go, like they just have, have no free time, that it's from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. As a parent, Maybe to start thinking through what the motivations are. Is is your child in sports for them or is their child in sports for you that you can live something out through them or anything of like that? And or that, just because you're tired of parenting. I mean, yeah. I've gotten tired oh. of parenting in moments and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting ready to take them to a two-hour soccer soccer practice. This is so good. I need this, right? <laughs> yeah. Sit in the car and listen to some tunes. Oh right my again. gosh, yeah. And then <laughs> I, I think for parents to hear it's okay to run after something you're good at. Yep. And if your child is good at sports, it's okay for them to run after that thing. Yep. And and to go for it. But to keep in mind that it's healthy to have that balance mm-hmm. and to have a connection with a spiritual community uh, that you can be connected to and, and reconnect with at times. Yep. And I think as we would say for anything here, you can run after something as hard as you want, as long as it doesn't take higher value than Jesus in your life. 
This has been Derek's recap on the Parent Podcast, brought to you by Autumn Ridge Church today. <laughs> there you go. We're going to make that happen. Caleb, besides... <laughs> that was my own little musical number I that added was in awesome. there. Definitely staying in the podcast. <laughs> besides uh, Derek and I fighting over the uh, the recap mm. points each week, uh, our guest always kind of gives a wrap-up. So, you know, tell people, number one, how they can reach you, you know, connect with you if they need to. Sure. Maybe if there's any resources you want to point out, you know, in the on the notes, I'll put that a uh, video of Nick Foles that you were talking about. Yep. We'll put your email in there. Uh, but just kind of one final closing point as well. So, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, connecting with me best ways through uh, best ways through the email address. Um, I'm I am I'm not anti social media. I just don't have a priority of that in my life. Um, literally, I ha- there is an Instagram account I think under my name, but my wife is the only one who who does anything with it, and I don't even know why she keeps doing stuff with it. To be honest with you, I've never looked at it. Um, so <laughs> peer pressure, probably for, that's probably it. Probably for for all of you uh, millennials and uh, and baby boomers out there, you can uh, you can find me on Facebook. That's still where the cool kids go. Ooh, the right. book of face. Uh-huh. I'm on Facebook. You can connect with me there. Honestly, in terms of like dedicated resources, I'm actually really bad on this one when it comes to this area. I think those type of videos, though, it's almost because of the medium. Like our kids love seeing a sports figure uh, do something. So I think the Nick Foles video will be great. You go into those areas and and uh, and honestly, just if you have, I really believe this, if you, if you intentionally gather other uh, believing parents around you, um, who are, who are in it in the same way that you are. The highest value is Jesus and his kingdom. You're, you're going to figure it out. Allow, allow God's grace to, to be ever present with you and, uh, and, and the rhythm will come. Well, Caleb, we really appreciate you being able to come down here and uh, visit with us and uh, speak into this topic, a very important one to you and uh, a lot of the parents out there next week. That's a little bit of a heavier topic. We got one of our community partners, New Life Family Resources. They're going to come in and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about teen pregnancy. We're going to touch on uh, the topic of abortion. So so a lot to unpack there. I think we got like three episodes left maybe before season one is wrapped and in the books. It's almost summertime. Heck don't yeah, s- dude! Get out in the lake. Yeah. Get up to the cabin. That's right. That's right. It's, it's gonna be not- awesome. Appreciate it as always, man. You're you, you being part of this and uh, hanging out with me. I don't think I say it enough. I love having you on the podcast. I'm glad you are my co-host here. Thanks, man. Yeah. I love doing it. It's fun. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff, because you know how desperate we are for attention, unlike Caleb, who doesn't know what social media is. I need no attention. That's right. He finds value in the right places. But for us, we would like you to subscribe to the podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Parent Podcast. The Parent Podcast is produced by Autumn Ridge Church and Robert Nash. Our sound engineer is Ian Benoit. Our theme song is Silver Skies by Geome. Follow us on Twitter at Parent Podcast or on Instagram at The Parent Podcast. You can email us with questions or topics you would like us to cover at parentpodcast at autumnridgechurch.org. For more information on Autumn Ridge Church, please visit autumnridge.church. Thank you for listening.